0: I don't carry on a little bit with what Pastor Keith had from last uh, uh, week—the irreplaceable church, rediscovering church. So you know, if you've been coming to church and just kind of walking in and just kind of saying, "Well, I'm coming to church," well then we we we're praying that the Holy Spirit is going to kind of awaken in you and, and give you a new reason as to why why we do church. So I was praying this week and thinking. Uh, the word irreplaceable, and I wasn't quite sure that that was really a word. You know, you ever hear these words, and you're not exactly sure if that's really a word or not, so sometimes we'd use those things. So, But I looked it up, and it really was a word, so I said, okay, that's good. So uh, it sounded good, and I said, well, what does all that really mean? In my mind, I thought I knew, but it's really a, a, a richer word than, than what you think about it. And irreplaceable defined in exactly this: impossible to replace. Now, how about that? Irreplaceable, impossible to replace. So, I thought that's kind of neat. But if you read on, it says it's unique, invaluable, and priceless. So, that entire context of that word irreplaceable to me is priceless. The church is irreplaceable. No matter what the world has to offer, no matter what's out there, you cannot replace the church. You can say, well, we're going to have church like Pastor Key said. We're going to have church at the lake. We're going to have church in the, in the woods, or we're going to have church, you know, here or here or there. The, the church is actually the assembling of the believers together to have church. So, anyways, let's look at Matthew 16, 13 through 18. It defines that and really fires me up and, and, and does set my soul on fire. Matthew 16, 13 through 18. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremias, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Think about that. Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon and Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Man, what a power. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No matter what comes against the church. The gates of hell cannot if if the gates of hell are coming against you as an individual, if you stay assembled with the body of Christ you cannot it can't prevail against you if you stay connected to the body of Christ, you will stand said so the gates of hell will not come against you so sometimes we forget the why you know we, we talk about that around here, why don't we do this why' don't we do that you know why do we attend church why why do we attend small groups there 's got to be a reason why you do something or you wouldn 't. Get up and come to church. So ask yourself, why, why do I come to church? Why am I here today? You know, what, what's the purpose of this? You know, for one thing, I, you're following the scriptures because the word says to assemble yourself together you know, as, 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 as believers. And, I, and that's the truth, the reason that you need to do that. So think about why do you come to church? You know, it's very important. The, the, the word church is was defined last week and, and in its Greek is ekklesia, and it's the assembly of people. It's very important that we come together to assemble together as people to encourage one another, And it? Sometimes uh, I find that the church body is probably closer than even your extended family. Sometimes you actually can get help here that you can't get in your family. Sometimes your family is kind of tough on you, you know, kind of, you know, Kind of, kind of hard, kind of judgmental, you know, about you. But when you come into the body of Christ, you know, we're, 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 we're loving together and working together and we're building relationships, you know, and then we're, we're loving and embracing each other. And we don't be talking about that just a little bit. So so it's very important that uh, our, our body, you know, comes together as ecclesia, a family uh, of relationships. And think about it. God, was a creator in Genesis. He began the creation story, he began to create, and what did he, he he wanted fellowship, didn't he? So what did he do? Created man and woman. Seen that man needed a fellowship, created created the woman. So so fellowship with God is very important, and, and God's a creator, so He created all this. So to me, that is very. He wanted a relationship. So being in an assembly together is building in the relationship, and when you and when you're having a battle. You know, it's like if you already have that relationship established already, then you can kind of step in and help. We see instances of that all the time. If there's not a relationship to connect you to somebody, then it's kind of hard for you to help them because, one, you haven't built that level of confidence and trust in them, but if you spent some time doing that, then you're able to jump in and help them navigate through whatever it is they got going in on their life at that time. So relationships is huge. That's why we have small groups. You know, we want the small groups to be where you develop a relationship, you know, where you begin to know people. And that's the part, important part about about connecting is getting to know people. So I think it's kind of interesting as is, is I get fired up about reading that Matthew 16 because it, it just charges me up. It, it, it's like that spirit in me say this is the time to go to war. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church, will it? So in verse 13, Uh, jesus asked his disciples saying whom do men say that i the son of man am jesus was asking in context what's my reputation in the community think about that (laughs) what's my what's my reputation what's your reputation what are people saying about me what are people saying about you you know, we, we would hope that they're saying things that man, he's the, that's a godly man, that's a godly church, them godly people, they know how to come to war. Therefore, you're not against you. You know, that's that's what I would hope they're saying. But you know, there's voices out there, this this uh, talking, and we want to know. And Jesus was he said, "What's my reputation?" He want to know what's it. What are they saying about me? And you know, they responded, "says Some say you're John the Baptist, some a some another prophet." You know. So as we think about this thing, you know, we, we kind of wonder. Sometimes we wonder about what do they say about our church? You know, what's their perception about church? It's kind of, kind of interesting. We, we wonder and think about those things. So, so these things that we've heard, well, there's too much worship here, you know. Uh, the music's not appropriate, not godly, too big. They just want to have small group leaders being the pastors so the pastor don't have to do anything. You know, you ever heard that? Well, the pastor, he, you know he ain't got nothing to do now. He's done made everybody pastors over small groups, you know, and he he don't have to do nothing. He don't have to go nowhere and do nothing. So, you know, so I you know that's 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 kind of a thing that can be said. But you know what? Really, and I'm, I get ahead of myself. But what what God is doing through leadership like that is empowering all of us to be the kingdom, to build the kingdom of God, which is what we all are. Are, are, you know, gifted to do, to do that, so, so anyway, I, I like this one, too, You said, uh, well, there's a, ch- you know, we, we um, don't have to do anything, pastors don't have to do anything, new age cults, charge to attend, I like this one, I kind of come back to me, this one, <laughs> you know, we we have the encounters, and by the way, encounter registration starts next weekend, okay, so if you want to go to encounter, have friends who wants to go to the encounter, weekend, next weekend, registration begins for that, Right over there in that corner. So <clears throat> be sure and get involved in that. So they say, well, there's a charge to attend. Well, you know, there's a $75 fee to go to the Encounter Weekend. Well, there's kind of word out, well, man, they charge you to go to Liberty Church over there. You know, so, well, you know, man, I, hey, I paid $75 to get what out of that weekend. Woo. Hey, man, I paid, some of us paid more than that to go to these conferences. if We didn't get near of that stuff, you know, get out of one weekend. You know, two, three dollars $300, $400 to go to something. <clears throat> so anyways, so... The thing that, that, that can happen to you, you can kind of get labeled. Now, there's good ways, and there's bad ways. I want to be labeled as to being known as a man that loves people. You know, I would love our church, and it is being labeled as an outreach church, and we know that. That's a good label. But things, the, the flip side of that coin, labels uh, can be limitations. That was kind of a revelation to me this week, that people or groups label us to define us and limit us. So today, in the name of Jesus, any label that's across you, you want to break that. In the name of Jesus, there's nothing that's going to limit you. So uh, so labels can be limitations. And think about this. When you label a file drawer and a file folder, nothing else can go into that except whatever it is goes into that. So you set limits. So my word to you is take those limits off. Tear off those labels and begin to believe about you what God says about you. You know, that that you're the head, not not the tail, you know. you you know, you you you're you're an overcomer. You're by the testimony that you've given. You know, in the name of Jesus you can do all things, you know. So you can go forth and just, you know, do great things. We can win souls, make disciples, destroy the works of the devil. So anyways, we you know, we cannot uh, let those labels define us. We, say with me, uh, I don't say this, I am not a label for the world. I will only be defined by the Word of God. Say that with me. I am not a label for the world. I will only be defined by the Word of God. So just let your life be defined by the Word of God. Look at verse 18. Jesus said to Peter, Blessed are thou, Simon and Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it in you. But my Father, which is heaven, and upon this rock, revelation of who Jesus is, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against this. The thing that jumped out to me right there this week was that Jesus said, I will build, not I have built. Now, we don't get into that in just a minute. But building is a process. And you always have to lay the proper foundation and, and get everything coming up right so, so, building the process. So, he has not built anything. He is building the church today. And that's why you and I are part of that building that church. So, and saying, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Against what? The church, the ecclesia. You know what? The church is God's idea. We didn't wake up one day and think, well, we're going to have church. You know, it wasn't our idea, it was God's idea birthed that church really there in the book of Acts when, they, when the Holy Spirit came. You know, 3,000 souls was added to the church and more daily. You know, I mean, the church was birthed right there in the book of Acts. So, you know, we, we collectively are that church. Say, I am that church. I am that church. All right. We, we got to understand we are the church. The church is God's idea. God is up to something big. We are that church. 1 Peter 2, which I think is kind of huge and jumped out too, and it, and it basically two four says, Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple, he was rejected by the people, he was chosen by God for great honor, and you are the living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. You are those stones he's building into that living temple. We are the temple of God, Amen. For you guys, for, for you are a chosen people, you're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Think about that. Let me read that again. For you are a chosen people. Do you like to be chosen? I mean, I never did like to be on the sidelines and have to wait over there till somebody was going to choose me to be on their team. Did you? I didn't like a not a good feeling. That's not a good feeling. So he tells me right here that I am chosen. Already, okay? You are a royal priest. I am part of the kingdom, a holy nation, God's very own possession. How about that? Being possessed by God. You say, I can't be possessed by God. You can't. You are God's own. He he created you. He created you. He possesses us. And when you submit yourself to him, it's even that much more awesome when you submit. And I was just thinking as, as a worshiper a while ago, and I, you know, I raise my hands sometimes, sometimes put them like this. and I was thinking, well, if I raise them like this, I just get that much fuller, because I just catch that more. <laughs> if I get down here, I just like get right here. But I don't get up here. So raise your hands, get them up here. Everybody put your hands up here. Let's go. Everybody raise your hands up. Come on, all you uh, cautious people. Raise up, 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 up. Alright, now we're filling up. With the Holy Spirit, okay? You're filling up with the Holy Spirit. So it didn't hurt, did it? That didn't hurt. So I thought, well, all these years I've been worshiping, and I wonder why I do that. Well, so I get filled up. So I like that. So I'm going to do that more often. <laughs> oh, man. You are the replaceable, irreplaceable church. There, I don't know where they're at in these notes. We got a little bit off a while ago. But it said the local church Pastor Keith, you sneak some of these things in on me. The local church plays an irreplaceable part in your life. There is no substitute for the church. There ain't no beach warmers. Now there are they? No beach warmers come in and take its place. When you disconnect from the local church, you disconnect from the only thing. That can help you become what God has called you to be. Seen it many times, and I know you have too. When you go through a battle and you get, you know, have that war going on in you, and you kind of get beat down and you start disconnecting because you get maybe a little shame, prideful. You know, a lot of pride gets involved. But when you start disconnect, then you start dying. The, the church family is meant to embrace you and to, to love on you and help you get through a situation. Because I'm just telling you, Ben Diane has been married 47 years and we've seen a lot of life. You know, now, you know, we've been blessed and covered because we've chosen to be a part of this irreplaceable church for a long time. 40-something years. She married me and brought me out of captivity into the gospel of the light. <laughs> so... <laughs> and so we've been in this irreplaceable church a while, and I'm just telling you that there's nothing that can replace it. They're not a substitute. You know, there's been down seasons in our life, and there's been challenges in our life. You know, but the thing that we've always done, somehow or another, we just buckle down, weather the storm, and, and, and walked through it, and we had people that was beside us. Pastor Keith said last week, people, and I think we may say it again here, but there's people behind you, I mean, let's yeah, behind you, Beside you and ahead of you. So we've always kept those people in our life. You know, there was people that we connected with early on in our life that, that was very important. That we didn't even know what a mentor was. You know, they didn't use that word in 1973 or 74. <laughs> mentor, what is that? That's a new dictionary word. You know, we, we just knew we liked to hang out with those people that were something different about them. So we hung out with them people, and they taught me and her how to study the Word of God. They taught us how to uh, love people, and they uh, taught us how to be givers, you know. And and they didn't just say it; they modeled it for us, you know. So so you know, to me, uh, it, it's just so important that you stay connected to the church. When you start to withdraw, and, and we've seen it again, you have to. Admit, when you disconnect, you just start to die. Hebrews twenty ten twenty four says. Um, let us not consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So stir up love and good works, not stir up strife and evil. It says to stir up love and good works. Then 2:25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more the day as you see the day approaching. what is the day? It's talking about the day of the coming of the Lord. If you can't see that coming pretty quickly now, I thought like, Ten years ago, I said, oh, my God, it's just every day, right. event, 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 and, and the, the prophecy says in the latter times, these things are going to become more and more frequent, so that tells me he's, he's getting close, so you need to be ready, you need to be ready to meet Jesus, you know, where you're at, you know, meet, you know hey, if he comes after me, I'm going to be ready to go. You know, so I, I just you know it's just very important. So we need to be a part of the body of Christ. People just they they don't understand, but I can tell you that with the, with the love of Jesus, the church has covered Diane and I for 40 plus years in our life. It has created in us an environment for us to grow and to be healthy, and we don't talk about that. So. Basically, uh, three reasons last week I think might be the next verse. Three reasons or revelations of the church that you need to be connected to the local church. You need the people ahead of you, which I said, beside you or behind you. The church is your spiritual family. It provides the relationship that you need to mature in Christ. So, first point, the church is the soil is the soil that keeps you fresh, flourishing and fruitful. The church provides a spiritual environment that you need to stay healthy, growing, and full of love. Meditating on that, and, and obviously there's lots of things, but the soil is very important. God, Remember, God, our Creator, created all these things. So the soil, it has to be right when you plant a seed. It has to have the moisture in it. It has to have the temperature in it. And then when all those conditions are right, then it begins to bloom. And that's what I tell people. When you're born again, it's just like that old self was like dead, and when you are born again, accept Jesus Christ, it's just like a new flower just spurts up and pops up, and then it's that new life in you that begins to have have growth in you. So, uh, the church provides a spiritual environment. Now, uh, I've been to lots of places. I really, really have been to lots. I've traveled a lot. Been around the world. Been to conferences, and they've tried to teach me a bunch of stuff, and you know. But the environment that you have here that we have here is what we want. We want to come in and I want to challenge you every week to come in anticipating the Holy Spirit to move in our lives corporately. Can y'all understand y'all y'all receive that? You 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 got to come in those doors anticipating that, expecting it for it to happen. Cause if a holy if somebody comes to my door and they knock on my door and uh I don't let them get into the house, and there's not a lot of welcome there, are they? Yeah. Get on into my living room, that's okay, maybe. Then they get into my kitchen, and we really, now that we got our kitchen done, we can have fellowship. <laughs> uh, again, but when they get into your kitchen, then that's where the real life starts in it. So I, I want to challenge you. The Holy Spirit really spoke to me and kind of with me. I, I, I had a word for the for the... Group and I didn't give it, and I should have. He, he, with me, but I don't tell you today. The old word's not a bad word. The old word just, you know, I don't tell you today. <laughs> it's a little bit later. Come in those doors anticipating that the Holy Spirit is, it, it, not until knowing that the Holy Spirit's going to be here. But you have to bring that anticipation with you. Pastor Keith can't do that. The worship team can't do that. You know, no, you know, we just can't do it for you. I have to bring the anticipation, expectations that the Holy Spirit is going to be here. What for? To corporately, so that we can corporately have an environment that is very moving to people. Because we need that. We're we're we are beings. We're souls. We have a spirit. We have a soul. We have we have mind, will, and emotion. And we we like those feelings in the Holy Spirit. There ain't nothing, boy. I tell you, when the Holy Spirit moved, you know it. Last week, when the Holy Spirit moved, y'all knew that was hey, that was God. People got healed, didn't they? People was delivered. People was set free. Fear was gone from them, you know, when that word was spoken out. So, so Holy Spirit is, is very. If we're worshiping here, and a move of the Holy Spirit is is. And, and he's moving and stirring. You know, the Holy Spirit comes in and stirs, stirs, stirring up love and good faith with all of us. Stirring, you know, and you want to come pray, that's fine. You know, come pray. I mean, I mean, people are good about it. So the altars is always open for you to come and pray. You know, so as the Holy Spirit moves you, you know, come anticipate that. We want that environment that when the lost do come in, they say, surely God was there. I know God was there today. I, I experienced him. You know, I actually felt that move of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And when that Holy Spirit begins to, to work in them, then they begin, on the way they get saved is the Holy Spirit draw. Right. So if we come in anticipating it, setting a stage of environment where He's welcome, and we don't let the busyness of life push out everything, or the system push out everything, then, you know, then there's an environment for the Holy Spirit to do its work in it. So, I encourage you, we need to, as church, we're the irreplaceable church. Let's set the environment for the Holy Spirit, okay? Alright, it says there in Psalms ninety-two thirteen, 13 oh, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Boy, that's an awesome. Planted in the house shall flourish. And planted is kind of an annotation of a uh, plan right here and I'm not moving. This is it. I mean, I'm, I'm standing through every war or whatever. I'm planning and I'm going to flourish in the name of Jesus. He, uh, Psalm 92, 14 said they shall still, I like this one. This is for me. Y'all can't have this one because y'all not old enough. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Woo, that's me and Diane. If I declare that in the name of Jesus. If y'all want that, you're going to have to take it. <laughs> You don't share it. (laughs) Well, I and I qualify, we just, we qualified. (laughs) So we are going to flourish, be fresh and flourishing in our old age. Uh, I like that. 92.15, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Wow, how about that? All right. Church keeps healthy because it creates an environment of spiritual examination. The church upholds the scriptures as a standard of life. Listen, I'm talking to the church, you know, and I hope if, here today, if you if you're, don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, i don't give you an opportunity to accept him in a minute. But I'm talking to the church today, the church, the irreplaceable church. So the church will help keep you healthy because it creates an environment of spiritual examination. The church upholds the scriptures as a standard of life. You realize that you set the environment for your surroundings I don't say this again. You realize you set the environment for your surrounding. You realize you set the environment for your surrounding. Yeah. Do you do that? You set, the, you set the thermostat. You're the thermostat setter. You know, in your life and in the church life and in your family, you determine if it's good or bad, or you know, you determine if you take the high road or the low road. You know, you, you, you make all those choices about that yourself. Uh, so here, here's what the church does. There's a scripture standard, I said, or a cultural worldview standard. I don't think that made the. Uh, st- I don't think that made the screen. But yeah, my point in this: there is a standard. God has a standard now. Whether you've thought about it or not, there's a time standard, and there's a weight and measurement standard. I spent a big portion of my life making sure that when you launched a missile, that it arrived over here at a certain time and it hit within this certain radius. And all those factors were very important. I couldn't just take my 12 uh, inch ruler or 20 foot tape or my watch and say, oh, this is going to work. There is a standard. God has a standard. The U.S. Naval Observatory is uh, the creator of all that, not the creator of time, but the, they're, the, they're the master of time. They make sure all these seconds are lined up. When your watch, when your uh, cell phone turns on, when your GPS connects up, all that is tied back to this master time clock. I mean, it's amazing. Not all seconds. This master time clock sets everything. You know, so there's there's a time. The world world knows God created time anyway. We just figured out how to measure it and how to keep up with it. He created all that, and he wanted us to do that, didn't he? I mean, he wanted us to know how to do that stuff, and so we'd be on time for church, and I'd quit on time. <laughs> That's what he wanted to do, ain't he? Look so at that, 1054. I got seven minutes, or a little bit less. Uh, weights and measurements. He, he, he decided how much, uh, you, know, you know, a pint was, a quart was, a gallon was, an inch was, a mile. I, I mean, all that is, there's a standard there. And my point in all this is, there is that God has a standard. It is the scriptures and we measure our life based on the Word of God. Now, when I was working in my conversation and in my manner of life, was always hoped to be godly. But when we had discussions, lots of times there became a, my standard, and then they had their standard, which bared with the world and the culture. So those two forces clashed. Well, you know, for you to keep going down uh, two roads that clash, that's just like, you know, keep doing something over and over, you know, kind of call like, you know, it's not smart. You know, so what you do when you're going down two roads that are different, then you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you guidance. Because if you're not on the same standard, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do. You got, you have to model that, set that standard, what the Word says in you, and then let the Holy Spirit do all that plowing and digging up. So realize there's two standards. You have the world standard, and then there's, there's God's standard, which is the Word. So Psalms 139, is lots of scriptures here. And I'm going to read through these, and they're going to flip through these for me. Psalms 139, 23, and 24 says, Search me, O God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Man, that's amazing. Uh, uh, Psalms 119, 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. So everybody younger than me, you got to learn you, you can cleanse your way. <laughs> you can uh, walk uh, according to his word and cleanse your way. Uh, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that word hidden there don't mean that you're hidden and you can't find it. It means that you've got to already deposit it already deposited in there so that you can pull it out when you it, need it. Joshua and many, many places through the Bible says, Meditate on my word day and night, then your way shall be prosperous and you will have good success. Meditate on his word day and night. The only way that you can get God's word into your soul is for you to meditate on it. Because this mind up here has a will of its own. And for you to overcome that, then you have, it takes some time for you to be thinking about what God says to you. You don't just read the Bible to be reading the Bible. You really read the Bible and, and allow the Holy Spirit to kind of deposit that in you. Uh, Psalms 119.50 said, This is my comfort and my affliction, for your word has given me life. Psalm 107.20, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Wow. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your understanding. That's a big one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Our heart and our soul gets confused sometimes with understanding. And I don't want to get into a long teaching this about it, but your, your heart, your soul sometimes gets kind of intertwined and when your soul is your mind, your will, emotions, your five senses that feeds everything, your touch, your taste, your smell, your hearing, your whatever the other one is, uh, all that feeds into your soul. And it tells you things that you like or don't like, and all, all those things are warring against what the Word of God has inside your soul. So you've got to have it hidden in your heart, in your, in your mind, in your soul, so that when that war begins, then you already got the battle plan and the system to walk it out. You understand what I'm saying? So you, you got to have, the word's got to get in there. And it don't just like happen. So you got to have the environment of a healthy church to be in to, to, to get that. So it's important. That's a whole other message on its own. Uh, Proverbs 3, 6. Seek, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to. All right, I've been in all kind of leadership. Stuff. <clears throat> okay? Good things. All 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 good. But they say, when you come to a path, take one. Well, what they're trying to teach me is you, you got to you can't just sit there and wait for somebody to if you're the leader, you gotta take a path. Well, the world says you just choose one, take one. Well, God's word don't tell us to do that, does it? <laughs> it says right here, Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Now I think I'm old enough now, I finally figured that out. So, y'all save it a little bit if you go ahead and just take that at heart. What the Bible says, I didn't say it. But seek his will, and he'll show you the right path. Well, seeking his will is a little bit of time. Sometimes it's a little bit of time. All right? Pastor Keith, you just make so many messages out of one sermon. <laughs> I don't, I don't want scripture. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Why how about now? Right there. Do not be impressed. Instead, fear the Lord and, and turn away from evil. Proverbs 3:8 uh, says, "Then you will have." Proverbs 3 says, "Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones." Last week we had healing service in here, didn't we? Yeah, yeah I had a healing in here. I mean, all it took is one word. Teresa had a word. I mean, I, she, she just spoke what the Holy Spirit said. I mean, she didn't do nothing. She just was obedient. Pastor Keith said, you know, I think he had the word of fear came. He said, Oh my goodness, I didn't think there was that many out there. It's just one word from the Holy Spirit. Just one word changes the whole dimensions of everything. All right. The church creates an environment of love and acceptance based upon the love of God. God loves you just like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. All right, I don't want to read I don't read something here. John eight one says Jesus returned to the mountain of olives, uh, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, "This woman was caught in the act of adultery." The law of Moses says a stoner. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and rolled in the dust with his fingers. You see, Mary, in that crowd of people running in the dust. And I was talking with Pastor Forrest a while ago, and he's saying, you know, those things probably I, I really was a little bit unsure what might have been written, and we don't really know. But supposedly Jesus was using the very thing that they was trying to to throw against him, the law, to stone her, to kill her, and y'all know they'll do that. I mean, y'all know that. How they operate over there now? They'll, they'll kill you. You know, he's writing down there. He said, "Thou shalt love thy neighbor. Don't cast any stones against these people." He's writing down there. You know, he's bringing the law against them. So the very words that they was trying to persecute him, he was bringing back to them to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, don't cast no judgment. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, "All right." But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Does anybody want to throw a stone? Are y'all all perfect? We're only perfect in the name of Jesus, right? In Jesus' name. That's the only thing that brings, brings any sort of perfection. So he said, then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And when the accusers uh, heard what he had said, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with a the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. Neither I do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world if you follow me. You don't have to walk in the darkness, but you have the light that leads to life.